Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mediocre Conversations with Tom and Drew. I'm Tom. And I'm Drew. And this is the only podcast where we will guarantee the only thing you'll hear is mediocrity. Merry Christmas, Drew. Merry Christmas, Tom. Good to Um, see you. Yeah, good to see you, too, for the folks at home. It's just the day after Christmas. Mm -hmm. I don't know when you're listening to this. I'm listening to it right now. Yeah, me too. So it's not weird. We've never done anything on this podcast that could be considered weird, I think. Uh, I agree. I agree. How was your Christmas? Was it good? Really good. Spent it with my um, my dad's side of the family is local, so they come mm. over on Christmas Day, and we spend Christmas Eve together with the immediate family. That's nice. So that was that was great to see all of them, and it was a good it was a good good holiday, and I like it. So yeah, I like Christmas a lot. Yeah. How about yours? Uh, I was good. No family, uh, except for my wife and my dog, because no one lives out here. Which means it's no big, drama. It's a big factor. Yeah. No uh, having to travel anywhere, which is nice. Yeah. Although no snow, so travel isn't a big deal. Do you miss snow now that you're out in LA? Um, I'm. I miss it. I miss seeing it. Uh, fall. Okay. And the first day of a big snow is always nice because it's all really quiet outside, you know, and peaceful. Um, but then any time after that or having to drive in it or having to clean it up, which you're currently avoiding doing, um, is uh, yeah, not my not my favorite. The maintenance of it sucks. And what brings it also like the super cold. Not so great. Like uh, a couple days ago, I was talking to my mom and uh she was lamenting about the single to negative single digits of the, and I was sitting outside in my 75 degree weather next to your orange tree. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is, this is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I imagine that if I were to, for some reason, live where there was no annual snowfall, I'd be like, I used to live somewhere where there was annual <laughs> snowfall. Yeah. People still choose to do this. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know that I would, I would miss it all that much. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, I can see it in the mountains from my house. That's a, that's fine. <laughs> all right, so Star Wars. We love it. Yep. Mr. Master Winkle has uh, some thoughts and quandaries about the Ahsoka Tano episodes. I don't think he ever watches them. Right? He just he watches them through us talking about him that's it right yeah i think his commentary is based upon our commentary yeah so which is great by the way it seems funny to me that i was like oh how'd you like this show he's like no i didn't watch it i mean i sent you a really long email about it but i didn't watch it i listened to you guys talk about it like in his really long emails that's not we're not (laughs) we're not undercutting it at all it's multiple paragraphs i mean he's he put some thought into it so hey if other people wanted to put some thought into uh questions and send them to us where would they do that drew well the best place tom would be our our email address for the show mediocre conversations at gmail.com uh master winkle has has um figured out this puzzle and uh continues to send us in great stuff and we always talk about it so we'd love to hear um what anyone else might have a question about yeah so send it on over so this one's about the uh, uh, tales of a Jedi. That's right. Is that right? Yeah, that was the yeah. most recent Disney Plus show. Yeah, yeah. And 
<clears throat> has some questions. We we talked a little bit about having um sensing animals through the force and having companions in them and stuff. But he yeah. has a he has a couple of other questions about it. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, he says in the universe where there are so many different types of sentient beings, where would someone draw the line between animals that are acceptable to eat and ones that are not? Which is an excellent question, I think. It is a good question. Um, so in preparation for answering this, I tried to look up what sentience is in the dictionary. Okay. Wild, wildly unhelpful. <laughs> for yeah. the dictionary really let me down on this one. It's like like the yeah. definition of sense uh, sentience is essentially something like um, to be aware of feelings and sensations. And I'm okay. like, there's got to be more to it than that because if you hold fire up to anything that's quote unquote alive, they're going to meet the definition of sentience. Yeah. So, able to perceive or feel things. So then what's perception? Right. Exactly. So like, I, that's why I thought that it was unhelpful because we're not getting a clear Come aware or conscious of something. I mean, animals are aware of things all the time. Correct. Right. So that in that context, then we know that the, the definition is something else that what they're trying to reference by perception or consciousness. Right. Yeah. So like I've always kind of felt like sentience is I'm aware of my own existence, like in the sense that I am a living, breathing thing that is intelligent. Right. And, and not in the sense that like, that say like a, a pigeon is like, Oh, I'm aware. Like, you know, like I have to go out and like, you know, pick up food off the street or whatever to continue to be a pigeon. Yeah. But like, um, so I think there's a couple ways to look at how to answer this first question for Master Winkle. Number one, does whatever animal meet some kind of cultural significance that would preclude it from being consumed? So like my my example here would be like Hindus consider cows to be sacred, right? So they, yeah, from what I understand, like really devout Hindus do not eat cows or cow meat. That's not because of sentience, so that's just because of being sacred, right? Right, right exactly. They've so, given it value. Yes, and so uh, to my knowledge, there's nothing like that in Star Wars. But I think this next thing is more is more closely related to what he's talking about, is that like there have been things like Force-sensitive animals, yeah. Force-sensitive plant life. Like there was a Jedi Master that was a tree, I think, at one point. Wow. Yeah. So like, where's the line? And I guess my line is, is that thing a living, breathing, sentient creature? Yeah. Like, you know, like, um, we would frown upon, like, say, if I ate you, you know, like that's frowned upon in our society. I bet I'm delicious. If prepared correctly, I would imagine. (laughs) You could probably be passable. Yeah. But um, A lot of butter. (laughs) But we don't do that, right? We eat other things that are not our own species. Yeah. So, and I think largely one of the reasons for that is there are no other quote-unquote sentient species on our planet. Yeah. I mean, there are animals, though, that we have decided, some some being that are, are intelligent, right? Yes. He meant, and Winkle mentions, uh, you know, dolphins, dogs, chimps uh we don't they're too smart to eat as he puts it but then there are animals like pigs and octop octopi 
that are intelligent but also delicious he says yes like it's known that pigs are pretty smart but we're still like yeah but you are also bacon so that that's your bad right yeah so all of the animals that we listed on the first side of things like yeah are, are dolphins dogs barking, chimps yeah we need all those and have you know at, at some point in like the evolution or the upcoming of our of our race our our species sure well we i think we've eaten everything oh yeah right yeah yeah i guess this is more than mass produced right because like horses we sort of did eat for a while and then stopped and then sort of were able to again for a short time but even though we were like nah we don't we don't want to do that as a so society. like there are I've always thought about like domesticated animals. Like why are they domesticated? Like horses are domesticated because they're, they help us with labor. Okay. What, you know, sure. Like they carry us places, they haul things places and they do that in a better way than say like a cow does. You could ride a cow. A cow so then pull things. So then it becomes a little bit more utility. I think so. So like then we designate certain animals as to be like, animals to be mass produced for the purposes of feeding our species chickens pigs cows but if if we make them a co-worker we don't eat them because we don't eat our co-workers right our tools potentially right? yeah if, if everything's fine and your your belly yeah yeah unless cold. you're hella desperate right right correct <clears throat> so then that sort of got me thinking uh how how does a Jedi or someone force sensitive like they have to feel the force in all of these things, right? So like I wonder, I'm curious how they reconcile something like oh I yeah, I I, I feel your fear, uh, pig. Yeah. Chop. Right. Like I, I guess I we see that meet me. I mean we see Obi cut up meat granted it's from an already dead giant animal yeah, whatever whatever weird land whale yeah i don't know what that thing was yeah so um we did see him do that um it was for his camel mm-hmm. that he, it was so that's good but um i do think that the jedi being able to like connect with things differently than what you and i can yeah. uh, and like just i mean like so like um you have a dog right you have a small yes. dog and yes. she's she's wonderful yeah and you love her and she's a member of the family right yes so it's not going to be like well we don't have any we haven't been to the grocery store in a week we're going to cook up our our family member right god no right so like no. there's a part of that that goes into it but then i also think like um like you connect with that dog because you care about it, right? Yeah. As opposed to any other dog, which would be much easier to eat under the same circumstances because you don't love it. It would be, I guess, easier, but I still, I don't know that dog, I would have to be in a rough spot to look at a dog and be like, sorry, Fido. Yeah. I'm hungry. Right. Like I, it'd have to be like post apocalyptic sort of. Well, I think deal, that's what I we're think, talking about. Right. Yeah. I right. do think that's kind of the context, but. Um, when the other side of things is like, I would imagine that most Jedi, and this is just speculation on my part, I have nothing to back this up, would be vegetarians. That's, I I would be 
that would be easier for me to to um take i think i would expect more to be vegetarian just for that reason but they have but the force isn't everything. I think I think they have to come to terms with some things, right? The force isn't anything. Every leaf, blade of grass, plant, whatever, right, yep. has the force. Which do they? Are there different types of force to be interpreted? Like, do, or is it the fact that they don't feel emotion from a leaf, or maybe they do, and they just have they got to eat something? But like, has so there I ever been any talk about different types of? force or feelings from force uh, through the force coming from objects that or things that we wouldn't expect them to i wouldn't say there's different versions of the force i think in the way that you're meaning it the only two differences between the force that i'm aware of even theoretically are the living force and the and the cosmic force okay sure so um in this example what we are talking about is the living force which yeah. is um the the type of thing that we're dealing with 95 percent of the time yeah like when we're talking about force ghosts and stuff like that, okay, now we're talking about like what happens after you die. Yeah. That's the cosmic force. But like the living force is by far the what we what we mean when we say the force. So yeah. in that sense, I wouldn't say that that the way that we interpret the force in that sense is any different based upon like who you are or what, mm-hmm. where you're from we're all drinking from the same well as it were but like when it comes to like your ability to tune into like that which remember the the force is an energy field created by all living things so like in that sense we're all tied together mm-hmm. whether it's a rock or a plant or an animal or something that like a jedi knight and i think that what would probably get me to be a vegetarian in the under those circumstances is you're so more acutely aware of what life really is. Yeah. That I would think that you would have a higher respect for it. And so like plants while they grow and reproduce and they're not alive in the same sense as like an animal. Yeah. So like, I think that that greater ability to understand how like life is literally all around you and how we're Mm -hmm. all kind of connected and, would kind of like maybe maybe you draw the line a little bit closer to home than you would say with a species like us who who can't do that who's like i've never tried dolphin before yeah an experience so to me to me the force is sort of like in the first matrix uh right out spoiler alert uh right after (laughs) neo movie's been out for 25 years neo just figures out that like he's the one or whatever yeah and he then he he looks out and you see his perspective and he just sees the walls and the smiths and the agents uh, yep. all of them in that code that's sort of like how i interpret the force through the perspective of jedi okay. not necessarily that's what they're seeing but it's just sort of like everything's made up of this exact same sort of code it's just sort of they're giving off like you know I can sense that this is a plant. I can sense that this is a cow sort of deal because of yeah. the different vibes, I guess <laughs> that they're giving off. Yeah. Um, so well, I could see them being vegetarian, but also just more like um, sort of like Ahsoka Tano's um, tribe that she kind of grew up, you know, where they, they killed the animal and they're like, thank you very much 
this is needed for us. Uh, you know, just reverence for all living life, regardless of, you know, uh, your power over them. And, uh, so I could see them, I could see him being against like going to KFC, uh, unless KFC wants to sponsor us, but, uh, you know, where they're just like mass produce or, you know, that type of thing. No, that's, that's no good. Um, I want my, they're like hippies, right? I want my free range sort of cruelty free. Yeah. I, yeah, I do think that's where I would, I would tend, you know, to, you mm-hmm. know, but like there could very easily be like, let's just like a, a Wookiee might be a good example, right? Like, oh, I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't expect a Wookiee who has also become a Jedi Knight yeah, to be like, well, now I'm going to become a vegetarian, you know, like there could be very, yeah, there could be like dietary reasons why you can't go that route. Right. Like, so, but then, I mean, like, sorry, go ahead. I just think that like beings or creatures that become Jedi Knights are going to, you know, they're going to fall somewhere on that spectrum where it's like, we want to show this higher reverence for life than maybe what other people who are not Jedi Knights are able to do. But we under, but we're also trying to be understanding. So like, if there is somebody that's like, I have to eat fish as opposed to anything else, because that's what my body requires. Like, we're not going to judge them for that. Right. Right. But that sort of brings up another interesting question. So <clears throat> I feel like the lines between what we understand as sentient and what the possibility of other sentient species being in the star Wars universe is vastly different, right? Like, like you said, there's a tree that was a Jedi, which means that there are trees that live, which also means then that there are probably bugs and other animals that we were probably just like, Oh good. I'm hungry. And then they're like, what are you doing, Steve? Right. Uh, right. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, like Wookiees, Wookiees too. Someone had to look at that thing and be like, yeah, I ate something similar to that on this other planet. Um, I mean, it didn't walk on both, on both feet, it, but it's close enough. Right. I'll go ahead and give it a taste. And then they're just like, oh, this is great. And they're like, by the way, I used to do math. Right. Uh, so I think the one thing that we need to differentiate as far as like, as far as intelligence is concerned is that like when we talk about chimps and whales and dogs and that kind of stuff, like yeah. we are measuring intelligence based upon like how we are intelligent. Yeah. So like, can that's we, what I'm saying. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. So like, you know, if um, humans have accounting, but dogs never, you know, get to the point where they have accounting, that doesn't mean that they're. <laughs> not intelligent it, it might mean that we need to give them more and more credit for the intelligence that they have yeah yeah so like this is the big debate to me between like on our planet of like are dolphins and whales really intelligent creatures and it's like well when it comes to like emotional intelligence they probably blow us out of the water sure no pun intended but like but like when it comes to like because of the blowholes uh, which species do you are you going to rely on to put someone on the moon yeah probably not them you know no but you know um in star wars with the with the diversity being so much greater than what we see here yeah i would think that having the point of view that's like we need to respect the type of intelligence 
that this thing that it's probably alive yeah you know, uh has so we're not going to treat it like it's something that's some run-of-the-mill thing that's there for our ability the, to like consume it yeah the 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 testing that has to go into is this edible or not has got to be pretty extensive I would, I mean, they, I would imagine they would want a, a a Jedi on the payroll to go to all of these tests and be like, "Hey, we got a new thing here. Uh, does it feel? Does it, you know, like, where is it at on the on the force rating as far as like, is this something that we should be not consuming or not? Right? Because it's like, oh, I can't communicate with it. Well, guess what? Now we have fifty thousand other possible ways of communicating with i mean i guess they'll just plug it into their atari looking thing and and it'll spit out the data that we need on right. a, on a tiny little green uh monitor yeah some geometric shape that we're supposed to figure out but yeah i mean the only issue with that i see is that like if the entire jedi order dedicated themselves to that single task they might never be able to get it well they wouldn't but like uh you know someone the fda of star wars has to like be able to identify if it is a a food or not right so like they have their own sort of turing tests of, of of is it something that we can go ahead and eat or not sure um like when you're when you're saying that my thought goes back to the first season of the mandalorian sure when they go to that little like fishing village and they have a yeah. shrimp or whatever. Yeah. Oh, when when Grogu won't stop trying to commit genocide, sure. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh like to me, if someone came to my village and said, We're sorry, but the crop that you're harvesting is actually an intelligent life form, I'm gonna be like, That's really neat. And I'm glad that you told us. However, we're all going to starve. I'm <laughs> oh, sure. If we don't continue to do this, because this is the the thing that is our entire economy, yeah, and probably the thing that we're using to like support ourselves as far as like food is and stuff is concerned. But, um, I yeah, to me, I guess whole, I get what you're saying. Yeah, to me, this whole issue comes down to like there is a threshold where an animal stops being really an animal per se and more becoming like an intelligent being. Mm-hmm how we determine what that is i i but that's also got to be different for every goddamn planet right Right. like the food chain the food chain on this planet uh includes this particular species at the bottom whereas on this other planet it's like in the middle because there are other things i mean i guess evolution takes place and things like that but like you can't you can't just go to a new planet that's now under the empire's order or whatever and be like hey uh we all agreed not to eat these anymore and these guys are like yeah but that's that's how we live like right they're the only if if you get rid of that and first of all good luck explaining this to all of the other animals right but also like uh i'm just above them everyone else is above me i need this you can't do that right so then that, that that creates an interesting um sort of thing of how to that the whole red tape of all of that stuff, right? As far as like mass producing, I guess 
they probably there probably isn't much like Kyber brand uh, beef shanks available. We'll deliver them to your planet, no problem. And they they just mass produce or mass cultivate and send to everyone, right? Like that's it's sort of everything is for the local flavor, right? Yeah, I would imagine. Um, there, I mean. I think in Star in like in the Star Wars universe, like if like we look at if we take Andor as an example, like <clears throat> um like those people are meal to meal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I think it's I think it's one thing when you're when it's like, hey, these little blue shrimp are super intelligent. Maybe they'll save the galaxy someday. And it's like, yeah, but if we don't eat them, we're going to die. So yeah. like there's that's part of the balance. And like yeah. You know, I um, like I don't imagine that the Empire, their FDA would be like, we give a shit if it's intelligent or not. Right. Like, it's delicious. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, if we if we don't keep mass producing these super intelligent chickens, like 15 percent of our workforce dies, like they're going to keep making those chickens, you know. So yeah. um, I think that the situation that people find themselves in when it comes to like their particular set of circumstances also plays a big role into this because it's like sometimes i mean like if everything was super intelligent and you still had like the food chain what i mean what's the difference really yeah i mean people i mean like a super intelligent jaguar is gonna hunt down a super intelligent gazelle and still rip its throat out you know (laughs) and drag it up into a tree and eat it you know so i mean like at some point like just as base animals like you're going to eat whatever you need to eat in order to stay alive that's goal one mm-hmm. you know and then once those needs are met then you get to make decisions like should we be eating animal a animal that's B, true animal c and well how, so- how many how many people do you think in the star wars universe are in that survival mode instead of that maintain mode so i think that the people that you see in like the movies and the television shows yeah are usually right around like the top one percent right up until disney bought it and now oh, like sure. the people that we're seeing like in the book of boba fett and andor and i'm like those are the, the people the sequel even the sequel one we got ray right she's yeah given scrap for pieces of yeah for one, one and a half portion. <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, what what amounted to like bread right yeah you know so i get the feeling I think that I guess I'll say like a shortcoming of star Wars has always been that like you are look, you're usually watching the top 0.1% of the most talented or important people in the galaxy in these stories. Mm-hmm. And usually those people aren't, aren't worrying where their next meal comes from. Right. But now that we're getting stories like book of Boba Fett and, or like we're seeing like, this is the impact that something like the empire has on the hoi polloi the working class of the galaxy yeah you know and it's like their motivations their goals their you know how they're going to get things done are different than what we've been seeing and like i think that's one of the reasons why it's so refreshing to so many people is it's not just like well we can just flick you know flitter that worry to the wind and yeah go away because you know we're jedi knights and literally every need that we that's not something we worry about here right (laughs) Yeah. Like when you when you have to worry about it, it's a you know, it's a real thing. And like you'll make compromises on stuff like in order to make sure that you're okay. But like when you're all your needs are met, you can be way more particular about that kind of stuff. And like 
there's probably a good line between the two for like reasons like maybe you shouldn't eat things that are as smart as you are yeah i'm yeah. like oh, maybe not but i mean if it's between me and him like right well that's that's when like the survival of the fittest thing takes place which is you know at a certain time in development is when that would be yeah more acceptable right i mean we literally watch grogu eat the young like the larval form of another species even after being told countless times to please like, stop stop <laughs> stop doing it i mean she left with like 17 eggs but she only arrived with like 11 like i mean <laughs> even someone who's bad at math would be like this is noticeably less so. yeah right uh are there are there rules to like how or what the jedi eat or is it it's just sort of like general not the same I've as ever, everybody else right not that i've ever been told like i imagine i've always imagined life in like the in the temple is very regimented so like i don't ever see like i don't know that i've ever seen a scene to, where the jedi are communally eating mm-hmm. but like i would imagine that's like here's the, the blue cookies that's the only thing that we saw in yeah mando <laughs> yeah um like we can go to the commissary and just get our three squares a day, but I don't imagine that it's going to be like a lot of choices or like gourmet food. Yeah. You know, it's like, this will sustain you, you know, probably it's about the same as the prison in Andor. Yeah. I could, I could see those two things being just like, this is your water tube. This is your meat tube. (laughs) Maybe not that bad, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I'm not, I don't think that they're sitting down to like seven course meals of like the finest duck, you know, or whatever. Oh, sure. No, definitely not duck for 10,000, you know, that's just for the council members. Right. Exactly. When they're, when they're uh, being taken out by their Senator overlords to discuss things. (sighs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So remember that scene in Andor with the, with the champagne and the little worms. Yeah, I do. uh, I do too. Uh, Winkle was curious if um, you think that they shied that some shied away from the worms just because it was gross, or uh, those who ref- or did those who refused to eat the worms have some other reason um, to not eat? I don't think it had anything to do with the worms. I think it was like, oh, I'm I'm just not partaking tonight, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, or I'm not interested in having well, a glass because Mon champagne. had had champagne, but she didn't spice it up with one of those worms you know and it might be that like one of those little worms i'd have no idea but maybe that was like maybe that's like like a hit of acid or something yeah like a little bump of coke or whatever yeah like like, oh i would love your your bacon wrapped shrimp and a little bump of coke to go along with it you know or whatever but like so maybe that's what that was was it's like um i got the vibe it was a little about excess right and just like not only do we get to just have drinks, but like, yeah, we could throw some worms in it and it, yeah. and it does some cool shit. You know, like, Oh, no worms for me. I have to drive this evening. You know, something <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I could see that. But yeah, other than that, I don't think that it was anything like I'm, I'm, I'm anti worm in champagne or something like that. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling that it was more like, I don't just want to get super fucked up tonight. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Although I got to imagine that there are people 
lower down on the socioeconomical ladder that don't even know about the champagne worms. I would, I would imagine that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Master Wiggle switches gears a little bit and starts talking about the teaching of uh, he's a masters master and apprentices. Yeah. yeah. It also makes sense that he has questions yeah. about this. Um, so is there any sort of like Jedi curriculum that the masters need to teach their apprentices? Is, is so yeah apprentice apprentice i yeah. <laughs> yeah um so i think that what we need to talk about when it comes to this is the um the different levels of what it means to be in the order yeah so like we see yoda teaching a bunch of younglings right mm-hmm. younglings are children who have not who are not padawans yet yeah so like they could wash out and none of them, some of those kids are not going to be Padawans. They're going to be Sadawans. Right. Continue. So, (laughs) um, you know, and so at, at the level where they're of their current age or what have you, or their development, I suppose is a better way to put it. You know, they're learning. uh, I think there's a curriculum designed to help them learn. Like, so baby Yoda is 50. Yeah. Right. And that like the little kids that Anakin kills in three are like ten, eight, nine, ten years old, right? Yeah. So like, but those two those you put those two things together and they're not going to be learning the same things because they're different species and they have different developmental stages and what have you. Yeah. So like for younglings, like that we see them working on their like some of their like deflecting their lightsaber bolts and that kind of stuff and forms. Um, yeah. You know, and like I would imagine there's a pretty broad curriculum based around things like history. I would imagine a lot of like governmental stuff like this is the Galactic Republic. We live in the Galactic Republic, that kind of stuff. Like you would get like when you were first, second, third grade kind of stuff. Okay. And so I would imagine that that at that level, the curriculum is a lot more broad and a lot and very similar to one another. But once you are selected to be a Padawan, that's when I think the education really diverges. Mm-hmm. Because then it's like the Jedi Council or you know somebody will say, we feel that Jedi Knight X or Jedi Master X is ready to train the next generation of a Jedi Knight, right? So we see that with Ahsoka and Anakin. Yeah. Obi and Anakin, you know, that kind of stuff. And... <clears throat> You need to be a knight before you can have a Padawan. Pretty clear. But even then, there are knights that don't take Padawans. Sure. So it's um you have to be kind of like acknowledged, I would imagine, by um so there are there are we, we know about the Jedi High Council, but there are three other councils, one of which is the Council of Knowledge, which is responsible for maintaining the jedi archives and i would imagine governs everything that we're talking about right now and i would imagine that the people that sit on that council plus the high council could say we feel this particular knight is ready to take on a padawan learner okay but once that happens i think that it's kind of like you are taking padawan x putting them with jedi knight y and like whatever the Jedi Knight is going to teach them, that's what they're going to get taught. Yeah. So then, I mean, they're younglings for 
a while, most of them, right? Like they get picked up, uh, you know, when they're one ish. Yeah, very young. And very so young. then they are, it's not like summer semester, winter semester, you know, you get a little break here and there. This is just, that's their life is learning and drilling and taking tests and, and learning geography and of all of the 400 and some planets. Right. Yeah. Or just like, you know, there's so many different customs that they may be involved with. Right. And so many, like there's the standard stuff, math. Yeah. Uh, probably not chemistry. <laughs> um, physical education, maybe. Yeah. Right. Um, cause all the Jedi that I've ever seen have been in, in really good shape. Yeah. Every single one of them. Um, so yeah, so it seems like there's like the youngling step for the, like the first X years of their, um, Jedi ship, uh, is all about that base of learning. So that's all pretty standardized. It would seem. I would imagine. And I would imagine, I mean, like, and it's not going to be like between these hours every day. Yeah. Like these days a week. No, it's all the time. It's, oh, you're awake. Every, I guess it's day. time to go to here. Right. You know, imagine if like, um, imagine like if in our school system, kids went to school seven days a week. Yeah. I'm like, maybe, and maybe you break up the year a little bit differently. So it's like you have, and I imagine that there are some breaks because no matter who you are, or what race you are, like you can't, constantly be in and absorb your your yeah. your mind and your emotions need a chance to like take a break and reset yeah. so i imagine that they work that stuff in i have no idea what it looks like but like i do know that there's no breaks from being a jedi knight like they don't get a spring break they don't get an opportunity to just like you know go off and do whatever like the best that they could probably hope for is it's like we went through like our classes as as younglings and then they're going to give us like free period yeah and we can do whatever we can go read or we can practice our lightsaber stuff or just chill and talk to people or whatever but like it's it's a little bit of your time as opposed to like you have to be focusing on this but the overwhelming majority of their time is you're focused on this i don't imagine there's a ton of fun in the jedi order no so but there i mean that so so they go through they finish their uh uh and then get a master get upgraded to padawan yeah and then that's sort of when all of the practical knowledge and, and everything but once that happens like they're they're probably not done learning those still those types of things right cuz like by the time you're 10 when do, when do people get padawanized I would say somewhere between 10 and 13 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, you still got a lot of learning to do there. I mean, at one point they got to be like, wait, where do I put the fabric softener for the, I'm trying to do my laundry, you know, like the home ec stuff. Right. Otherwise I I grew up in a, I grew up in a monastery. I don't know how to take care of myself. You want me to go out and do stuff? Okay, great. Right. There's got to be bushcraft so that they know how to survive on other all kinds of different ecosystems of planets. So there have been a couple of examples of in the Clone Wars television show, there was a couple, there was a two or three uh, episode arc where 
the Jedi Knights went back to Geonosis to take out yeah. the Geonosians who are were back in the game or whatever. And a, uh, Anakin had teamed up with another Jedi, a Jedi Master, I believe, named uh, Luminara Unduli. Yeah. And she has a Padawan named Barriss Offie. And so Anakin, uh, Ahsoka and Barriss were given like a certain particular task inside the overall mission that they had to do. And what they had to do was like learn this intricate set of tunnels and memorize it in like a couple of days or whatever. So yeah. like, I, I've never seen a Jedi knight that couldn't fly pilot something. Yeah. I never saw one that was bad with their lightsaber, like the point where like their life was going to be on the line. Right. I never saw one that didn't have some kind of understanding of like the cultural like implications of like what it was to like be mindful and respectful of like who you're speaking to and who you like who you're going to be dealing with. I never saw anyone that was uh ignorant about the laws that they were going to be working yeah. inside of whether they were like planetary laws or the larger galactic ones like they're covering i would imagine so many more like so like i i have a lot of like family and friends who are teachers right yeah and you hear things now Same. like well they don't teach cursive in school like they don't teach you how to balance your checkbook or how to cook or like how to sew up a rip in your pants or something like that right yeah i imagine all that shit plus a lot more gets handled like in the Jedi order. It's just like a constant thing. Education is one of, if not the highest principle of the Jedi order, like that's Luke's advice. I'm sorry. That's Yoda's advice to Luke. Like, like on his deathbed is pass on what you have learned. Like that's a big deal for the order. And so like when you have this much knowledge, I imagine it's a real challenge to like dilute it down to like, you can absorb this at this age and like you're mature enough to learn about this and like are we overwhelming you like on a species by species basis with like you're going to go from piloting class to lightsaber class to like learning how to live by yourself out in the wilderness for <laughs> right. a week and you're seven you know like yeah there there's a lot of that but like from what i can tell for thousands of years or generations i guess so maybe more than thousands of years the Jedi Order was able to implement a system that worked that way for the overwhelming majority. And, you know, and like, yeah, they were very selective yeah, about who becomes Jedi Knights, but it worked up until it didn't. So, right. Right. Yeah. The, the trip from youngling to Padawan sort of reminds me um, when I was in school to be an EMT, I took it for fun and they were like, yeah, all this stuff that we're teaching you practical quiz, practical tests and all that stuff. You just need to learn that to pass the tests. And then once you get a job, then you'll start to learn how to actually do things. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. That that is not what I would expect the Jedi Order. The the uh op- method of operation I would expect the Jedi Order to have. I like their test is real world situation like sink or swim, baby bird, you know, or right. whatever. Like right. Like, that's the thing. Like, there's no, like, I would think that, like, the theoretical knowledge, like, oh, you just need to learn this in order to pass your test. And then, like, when, when you show up at, like, a, an accident site and someone's got a a bone sticking through the skin, like, that's yeah. when you're going to learn a little bit about whether or not you can do this job. <laughs> um, like, it, that's not the way it's going to work in the, in the order. Like, you're going to, you're going to be exposed to stuff. Well, I mean, some things you can't teach in a classroom setting. Right understood (laughs) you know and so like 
I think that's probably a big criteria as to who makes it from youngling to Padawan. Sure. Because at, at some point, like the people who are teaching like these youngling classes are going to be like, well, Merrick's over here. I think they're ready. They're going to make it. They're ready now. Yeah. And like, and, and poor Jimothy is just probably never going to be ready. Right. Yeah. I guess, I mean, they got to take tests, right? That's how they determine like who, who's available to become a Padawan. But also then once they have their, once they have their master, it's not like they're always on an assignment doing something. Right. No. So like, that's correct. And so like what, what we see is when they are, when they are on assignment, that's the television episodes. That's the movies. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff. But like in the down, in their quote unquote downtime, when they're not actively you know, working on like a galactic level, like my, my kind of base idea for like what Jedi do is like, I think that Jedi would specialize in what either interests them or what needs the order has. So there might be like a Jedi that's leading like an archeological dig site yeah. on some planet, you know, and like maybe they get a Padawan. That's kind of like a research assistant to help them in that, that scenario. Or maybe there's somebody that's like, we're on a long-term assignment, a long-term assignment to make sure these two species aren't ever going to go war together again. Yeah. You know, or whatever, or like there's maybe there's like an ambassadorial kind of program there in the order, but like, I know one thing is that they don't want to be idle. Sure. So if it's not a real world learning experience, the master's probably going to assign some kind of relevant task to their Padawan. Yeah, like uh well and then you know we saw in the in the Tales uh episode where Anakin just has her constantly meeting with stormtroopers so that they could fire at her so that she can work on her uh defense and and right. get better at that sort of thing. So that exactly. that same sort of thing. Now do masters do they have do they go through any sort of training to in order to take on a Padawan, or is it just like once you're once you're a Jedi Knight, you've gotten all the skills you can to mold somebody else's future? So the the only real example that we have is when Obi-Wan gets knighted and like basically mm-hmm. puts his foot down and is like, I'm gonna train Anakin Skywalker, and the council's like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we didn't want him trained anyway, so so we want now that you are five minutes into being a knight, why don't we have you, you train him? Um, but I think I think basically, like, imagine you're a newly promoted Jedi Knight, right? You have no power. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, the the order, the one of the councils gives you a, a task that you go and complete, and like you go and you complete that task, you do a good job. Like that gets kind of noted down by somebody. Yeah. Right. And so like you do that enough and it's like, okay, Tom might be ready for a a Padawan learner because he's proven that like when when he's going to have to do something like he's going to get it done. There's some of that elsewhere, right? Where like after Anakin and them do something, he's like, I think, you know, how I handled this situation, that sort of makes me eligible for promotion because of how I handled this. Right. So there's sort of there's definitely a lot of that. Like, oh, you did, you did, you did okay, Dooku, but uh, Mace did better at this last assignment. So he gets the promotion. Yeah. I, 
yeah and like in some recent episodes we've kind of had that conversation but i i would imagine that maybe like maybe getting a paddle on learner is kind of like the reason why you want to become a knight like you want to teach right yeah so like maybe you're eyeing one of those jobs like yoda has where you're teaching the younglings or whatever you know and like maybe you can't get there unless you've demonstrated that you want to that you know that you're able to effectively pass on what you've learned or what have you like i do think that that's probably some of the politicking that's going to have to go on with inside inside the order to be like not only do i need to get the job done i need to do it in a way that's going to kind of get me either a noticed or be like written jotted down as a good you know see that seems that seems like not the jedi way right like but like I got to do this good job so that I get good marks. Obviously, they want to do a good job to do a good job, right? Sure. I mean, the thing about the Jedi Order that I think that everybody and that we're led to believe and like that we see most often is not that. But you have to remember, like, yeah, it's a group, it's a community made up of people, right? Yeah. And like some of them fall to the dark side of the Force, you know, and yeah. some of them um are knights but don't like even qui-gon jinn was considered to be a rebel yeah because he didn't follow the jedi code of all things right like like of all the like laws and rules or whatever that the jedi knights espouse like the fucking code is probably number one <laughs> yeah. on that list and they go Qui-Gon, over that pretty hard in, in youngling school and, and qui-gon's like nah and then yeah. he was like also like he's also training obi-wan kenobi you know so like I do think that when you when you think of the Jedi Order, you yes, it's a very rule based, militant, religious institution unto itself. Mm-hmm. However, it's created up of like fallible, imperfect people, yeah. you know, and some of them are going to care about that shit. So then, do the masters have like lesson plans that they have to sort of follow, I, or, do, or is there like a list of 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 universal sort of goals or uh performance review markers that they kind of have to hit at certain times uh i don't believe so um what here's what i know because i looked this up in preparation for the there is a council of knowledge right and there's certain certain jedi members of the jedi order that sit on that council and one of them is basically like the person who was in charge of the Jedi archives. And so like that council determines what information should go into the archives. And I'm certain that they are, are also like the institution in the order that determines like, this is how we're going to educate future Jedi. Yeah. So if there's changes made or like stuff that goes into it, like that, that that's, who's ultimately going to have the final say. I I have never seen anything that would indicate to me that there's any kind of lesson plan. Yeah. Like to me to me it's very much like well the little baby lion is going to watch the mama lion how it hunts and then it's right. going to like okay can you replicate that shit so that when you need to go hunting you can do it. And like I very much feel like once you become a padawan learner that is the method of teaching which I guess in a lot of ways makes sense because it's like if you've got like at the height of the order and you have 10,000 knights Mm -hmm. and say half of them or or more are kids, like you just don't have the capacity to specialize, you know, 
learning to everybody right so you just i think you're just trying to hit as many high spots as you possibly can but uh no there i don't think that there are any like lesson plans or um syllabi or i mean they're all reading from the same book right they're all getting their guidance from the same force and the same sort of interpretation of that yeah and so like through the ancient texts right so like well the ancient texts in a a library unrivaled on any any (laughs) other place in the universe alexandria yeah but like they would all be drawing knowledge from like the same library now that library might be immense yeah but like if i check out the book on like interspatial thermodynamics or whatever and then the next person that wants to teach about that's like oh i jedi master krug checked out the same book oh neat you know like Mm -hmm. they're still studying from the same book like your interpretation about it might be different like the application about of it that seems crazy this highly regulated or i would hope highly regulated force of almost deities just teaching each other stuff based on their own sort of interpretations of it all them being like, okay, you go now and you teach a version of your interpretation of what I taught you also kind of what you all want to gather yourself and interpret yourself. And then you teach that person. Eventually I, I it has to deteriorate over time. I would think. Well, I mean, I have a hard time disagreeing with that statement. My only, the only thing that I could say that, or the evidence I could I point to that I didn't work is that it, it worked for so long for so many people mm-hmm. and maybe that's more about like their selection criteria for who gets to learn it than that's it true. is the actual the actual like source material yeah but like the jedi maintain the largest most organized i would say unprejudiced source of like communal knowledge in the entire galaxy yeah so if you're if you're trying to get information from a you know unprejudiced source, I I think that that's probably the you know the best place to to go about and do it because they really really care about it. Yeah. However, like this is where I think you kind of have to like suspend your disbelief. Is that we while we don't see the nuts and bolts and like how we might see it like oh like our school board came out and said this like in our real lives, <laughs> yeah like we don't see anything on that level with the jedi order but like what we see is like jedi jedi knights generation after generation after generation being successful yeah in what it means to be a jedi knight you know and that that method works for the overwhelming majority of you know of jedi so i mean did at uh some, at some point you just kind of have to say like yeah it works yeah, but it's a story, so they can just be like, and then it worked, you know. And, <laughs> right. You know, were, so were there ever any Padawan master combinations that didn't get along and well, like Obi had and, to be had to be changed? Obi and Qui-Gon had a quite a rough beginning. Yeah. Um, I don't I think uh Qui-Gon had, had at least one other Padawan learner, but he wasn't very successful with him. Like Mm. the guy became a knight, but really flaunted the rules. Like it was almost to the point where it's like uh, the Jedi kind of like the order kind of shunted him off to like the uh, backstage of like galactic events. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Because he was just kind of like, he was like super like, I don't want to, I don't think flamboyant, but like he liked to dress in like extremely like colorful, flashy fashion. Oh, like, sure. Like that was just who he was. And he was Jedi like with style, like, basically, you yeah. know, and there, and he was super like, like he would come up and like hug you when he first met you. Oh, that's nice. So he wasn't reserved in the same way. So like there are, there are these personalities in the order that are maybe less in line with what they would call the picture textbook mm-hmm. Jedi. Mm-hmm. But like, um, ultimately I think what makes a Padawan and master relationship successful is if the Padawan is demonstrating that they are maturing, learning, and being able to put what they're being taught into practice. Like, and even yeah. that is contentious because like what Anakin taught Ahsoka, mm-hmm. like we just talked about it earlier in the episode, like when he's like, well, I'm going to get my, my clone buddies to get, set their phasers on stun and we're going to try and stun you. Yeah. That's outside like the curriculum of the Jedi order. Like Anakin did it because he didn't believe in what the test was trying to do. Right. You know, and the test maybe worked for, you know, however many thousands of Jedi prior to it, but like Anakin has a point in that, I mean, now the, now the working and then being back. beneficial. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's a different thing there, but also I think something we didn't really talk about was I think Jedi Knights are not as common as I'm thinking in my brain. Right. Like, Correct. like so many younglings come in of those younglings. So sure. many even make it to being a Padawan Padawan of those. So many become Knights to become teachers. Right. So it's, it's like the 1%. Right. The the like, the best of those that show or that uh, follow the the Jedi way or, or how many times know. have you seen the Harlem Globetrotters in person? Yeah, zero times. Right, but you're aware that they exist, right? Yeah. Right there, you go. I mean, you've never yeah. seen one, but you know that they're out there. You yeah. Know? So it's like, you know, and it's it's not a perfect analogy by any stretch of the imagination, but like. <laughs> But like, I mean, I've never. But met... also, hundreds of people try out to be globetrotters, and there's only twelve of them. That's Correct. the. That's exactly. the. Yeah. Bullseye. <laughs> there we go. That's right. So I mean, the, I think what what helps reframe that line of thinking is that we we so all the stories that we see in Star Wars, right, or the overwhelming majority of them are based upon what's going on with this group of people yeah you know and so now we're finally getting stories that are not that group. yeah and it's like oh there is other things out there that star wars you know that or what have you and so um i think it's good but like yeah i do think that what it has done is it's been like well you you walk around the corner and there's a jedi knight you know so yeah i'm i'm waiting to encounter people that use the force that are not Jedi or Sith, hmm. but are still might, able to manipulate to the force. Yeah. I think it should exist though. Oh, it should. Uh, and they do. Um, but I mean, if you're having trouble like being like, why, why isn't there a Jedi around this corner? I'm mean, like, well, they're, they're darn near lined up outside <laughs> your front door compared to this other group of people. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. I'm waiting for like a Father Cornello situation. Oh, jeez. Where? Thank you. Where? Uh, uh, someone is pretending to be, you know, like the the everyone else's connection to the Force, and them doing these feats of 
of uh godlike proportion and these people are just like he must be a deity that's what i want that's what i'm waiting for um well i hope that you get it at some point <laughs> well so far i've gotten everything else i wanted and it was great so uh, yeah, and 2023 is going to be um, an even bigger year for Star Wars. I think we're going to get yeah Bad Batch season two, Mandalorian season three, Acolyte, Acolyte. and Ahsoka. Yeah. Oh, and um, there is one more show that's coming out that has Jude Law in it. Oh yeah, and I cannot remember what it's called. Skeleton Crew. I believe that also comes out this year. Okay. About a group of children finding their way home after being lost in space. Maybe this will give us a better. Huh. Doesn't say anything about that being. Um, uh, live action. Force. No, it's definitely it's definitely live action. Yeah. But That's like, I, I don't think it's going to have anything to do with like force users. Mm. So maybe that's going to give us like a better look behind the scenes you know about you know this kind of like andor style yeah like look at the galaxy that could be great yeah, so yeah see, we got like a lot of stuff yeah well we did it <laughs> at some point we'll go we'll go longer than an hour again but last we, one for the year Oh my gosh, that's true. Well, 2022 has been a wonderful year for us. Yeah. We hope it's been a wonderful year for you. Yeah. Eh. Um, we Go had our, our one year anniversary. Yeah. Of the podcast. And uh, I guess we'll be shooting for our second year anniversary next year. In a few months. Yeah. But we did do it. Yeah. If you have questions or want to hear us talk about other things that you want us to talk about, then you can do that at mediocreconversations at gmail.com. Before we go, I should say um, Mm -hmm. we have at least a two-month break between now and when the next scheduled Star Wars release is going to be for us to discuss Star Wars topics. So, um, Tom and I have been discussing possibly talking about uh, The Last of Us, which is coming out on HBO, which is a video game turned um, TV show. Television show. Yep. Yeah. Um, but if there's other things you would like us to talk about while we are in this kind of lull in between Star Wars content, just let us know at mediocreconversations at gmail.com. And then we'll do it maybe if we want to. Yeah, there you go. But until then, thanks, everybody. And may the force be with you.